Welcome, everyone. Welcome to our yet another episode of Celebrating Self, where we talk to some inspiring women around us who are doing something really good. And why are we over here at Celebrating Self is the reason that we need to celebrate our own selves. We need to have a good relationship with our own selves so that we can actually grow both on the personal front as well as the professional front. It matters a lot. And today we have a really special person with us. She is Harini Srinivasan, a business transformation evangelist, a design thinker, a neuroscience enthusiast and behavioral scientist. She is adept in unlocking human potential in organizations and has spent over 24 years in the area of leveraging people's potential for business agility and excellence. She is a crusader for zero student suicides and strives to help create purposeful organizations. She shares her stories through keynotes and TEDx talks and is also looking forward to the release of her biography. And one more thing I would like to add on is that today will be her 100th live session. And I guess what a better way to celebrate this thing than talking about women for women, especially during this Women's Day week. Welcome, Harini. Welcome. And I am really grateful to you that you accepted our invitation and you are here to share your story with all of us. It's my pleasure, Karan Jodh, being here on this conversation with you. Uh, and of course, when it comes to uh, accepting to share my story, anything that has a purpose behind it, uh, anything that is that is meant for the good of the society, you can always count me in. Wow, that is so, so sweet of you. And with this, I would request you to share your story. Like, I just read out so much and I'm sure there are many of the things that you might not have mentioned or I might have missed out. But just tell us, how did you become the lady that you are today? Um, well, I've had a very uh, interesting journey. Uh, it's something which I keep looking back on trying to learn from uh, my own past trying to put uh, myself to a better use every day, trying to be a better version of myself. And I think over a period of time, a lot of what I am has evolved uh, from circumstances that I have been in. Uh, th there's, a, there's a big deal of, uh, of what I am, uh, you know, credit would go to my upbringing. Uh, there's a huge amount of, uh, there are lots of lessons there. I think uh, that's why the point about my biography is, is of significance because there is, there are many, many stories out there, uh, which may sound like stories that are common, like anybody would face in life. But there is a learning out of each, uh, out of each one. And all that I'm trying to see is what is it that I have learned uh, from my own life? So when I go back to my upbringing, I think in the context of uh, International Women's Day, it's very, very relevant. Uh, I think in my side of the family, I think in, in maybe I'm the fourth generation that has been raised in a very gender neutral atmosphere. Uh, the fourth generation. So you can imagine my great grandmother was raised in a very gender neutral uh, atmosphere, which is 
you know, which was in the, she was in in what in the earlier century. I mean, my great grandmother. I'm close to fifty, so you can guess what could have been her age now. So, let's say 150 years, 200 years ago. Uh, gender neutrality is something that flows in my family. So, uh, we've always been brought up uh, without any discrimination uh, in the way we take life decisions in the way we do things, um, in the way expectations are set, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, so there was never any discrimination. But at the same time, I also want to caution a lot of people is that when you're talking of gender neutrality, it is not as superficial as allowing children to cross dress. Right? It's not, it's not that. Uh, gender neutrality is not that. We were very, very clear about what our... Uh, sexual orientations are but in terms of our approach towards life in terms of decision making there was gender neutrality neutrality there was nothing that was forbidden for uh, anyone to do because of gender now having said that uh, it kind of set uh, a way of thinking in my mind where uh, there are only possibilities uh, gender doesn't come in the way of possibilities so it was very easy for me to begin to explore uh, into unknown areas. So if I look at my uh, career graph, if I look at my career scape, it is I have actually uh, ventured into an unknown area <clears throat> each time I made a career change. Um, and a lot of times, you know, making career changes like that, sometimes it gets misconstrued as somebody who is unstable uh, and is an explorer. But I think in my case, it was exploration for the purpose of learning something new for the purpose of uh, understanding a certain unknown area. So I think that kind of upbringing gave me the uh, courage to explore into the unknown spaces, uh, to find out new things, uh, to get into a bit of an investigative kind of roles at each time, uh, to do path breaking things. A lot of it, it, it gave me a lot of courage. So I would, I would attribute uh, a great piece of what I am today uh, to my upbringing. I also have a very interest, interesting paradox in the way I was brought up. I belong to a very conservative, traditional, orthodox uh, Tamilian family. But uh, I was brought up uh, with, with extreme levels of religious tolerance. So for me, and, and what used to happen in my house was uh, religious tolerance to the extent that we were made aware of religions but at the same time, we were also taught how to be sensitive to every other religion and how to be inclusive. So it's an interesting uh, blend of things of being orthodox, being traditional, uh, following a particular faith, but learning to be absolutely sensitive and respectful of all other faiths. So again, a, a lot of it goes into my upbringing as to how uh, my value systems were defined. This made me... Uh, you know, behave in a very inclusive manner at the workplace. Uh, coming from a family of teachers, uh, educators, doctors, and engineers predominantly, uh, I think a lot of focus was uh, on building a scientific bent of mind. So, you know, having a scientific bent of mind is not just restricted to academics and the study of science as a subject, but more than that, it's about challenging status quo, asking why when you see phenomena around you, uh, when you're asked to do something, 
the ability to ask why uh, with inquisitiveness not not by not by rebellion but with inquisitiveness to ask why and try and understand was something that is again part of my upbringing a uh, scientific bent of mine and i think that all these things of gender neutrality religious tolerance uh, being inclusive and scientific thinking have probably uh, you see a lot of reflection of it in whatever i have been doing in my in my career or or in my personal life or even when i'm having a conversation uh, with you uh, i remember you telling me the last time when we spoke is you didn't feel like we were talking for the first time uh, so i think all of it reflects reflects in that and uh, the, the very fact of being able to respect another human being for what she or he is uh, i think it all emanates from this so in a nutshell my upbringing has been very very uh, futuristic i would say uh, what we are talking about today of diversity and inclusion and scientific thinking and challenging status quo is something that uh, i have already experienced almost 5 decades ago so uh, it has come a long way with me and it has made me what i am so i think this has been a pretty long answer to a short question <laughs> so we can continue so, actually whatever you said it is true at some point is your upbringing that makes you take that step sometimes we are like skeptical should we go should we not go at that time when the way our attitude has grown through the years that is what actually matters and that is what affects our decisions yes and i truly resonate with that it is a fact and i'm really really like i would say wow to your family for having built that kind of an upbringing especially at the time when it was at its hype i would say you know like you would you must be thinking like other girls must be so jealous of you like you are getting so much and we are like just the opposite so that is like a very important thing most of the families now are doing that but still there is a long way that we as an indian society we need to go yeah absolutely absolutely so this international women's day the theme is break the bias gender equality and yes. with this i would like to know your thoughts on this break the bias what is your take on that or what are your feelings your advice or what is something that you are doing yourself as in to be a member of this break the bias campaign yeah so uh, the the themes of international women's day year on year have uh, often made me think a little beyond the theme uh, and i try to always get down to doing whatever i can in a practical manner uh, so this year's theme of break the bias has uh, actually made me think uh, and introspect a little more on how bias actually creeps into decision making uh, let's let's restrict it to a small piece let's let's look at decision making uh, or career related decision making for women and let's look at it in that context and let's uh, dissect that situation a little bit and let's see what is happening and what can be done differently and so on so when it comes to career decisions that women have to make on the one hand when you're saying breaking the bias uh, yes women have to learn to break the bias break stereotypes uh go ahead and explore and th- do things that they wish to do and all of that all said and done yes but let's look at it from from the men's perspective as well right uh, and very often uh i i do hear women saying that 
you know, that there is male domination in this and men do not allow women to, uh, to grow, etc. So uh, having been in the corporate side for a long time, I've also noticed one thing that it may be too harsh on the men if we blame them for it, uh, you know. So what we can do uh, for men to help in breaking the bias is something which would really be an actionable item for us. So uh, if I take an empathetic view on a lot of my male friends, uh, you know, they they believe that women should be empowered. They believe that women should have careers, that they believe that women should be in leadership and they are ready to do all that they can. But what's very interesting is when it comes to hiring a, a woman for a particular position, while they believe that she can do it, there is also a protective instinct in most men that I've seen, right? So I, I would take a very contrary stand to people who say that men do not allow women to progress or they don't make the right choices when, when it comes to hiring. Because I've also noticed that there are a lot of men who suddenly become a protective father or a brother kind of a figure and they reject women candidates more out of a feeling of protection rather than a feeling of uh, them not being able to do it. Like, for example, they say that, okay, uh, she is uh, married and very soon she will start a family. So I don't think we should disturb her life and let's not hire her. So, uh, you know, the, but the, the intent with which they sometimes make such decisions may not be wrong. It's, it's very, very protective of the female colleagues. But as an output, what happens is probably there is a loss of a career opportunity for a woman. So that's what it is. So I think uh, women like us should take opportunities and go back and have these conversations with our male colleagues and friends and family members as well, saying when you have to make a choice, do not take a decision on behalf of the woman in the picture, right? Let her decide. All that you can do to help her make a right choice, which is good for her, is open up all the pros and cons of the particular position or the situation or the role that you want her to play. But let her take that choice. Do not decide on her behalf. If I think if we do that, a lot of the bias can be broken. So. To me, uh, breaking the bias is not at a very superficial level just by saying that women can do everything in all areas of life, in all professions. But it's it's also about letting the men know that it's important for them to open up and expose the pros and cons of various positions. And if there is a woman in, woman candidate in the picture, let her decide for herself. Don't have to be protective. I think that's what it means to me. I'm so happy right now. Do you know why? Because even I was having this same theme for this Women's Day. Mm. Most of the times, you said very correctly that it may be their protection. It may be it may be a positive side for them. Yes. But the way we get it perceived is because it comes out like a decision. And yes. this yes. time, even I was like... Break the bias and be your own decision maker. Yeah. And the it way you explained it. Like, yeah. It is a so decision. Like, what, what happens is it's not only a perception. Uh, it actually has a consequence, right? When somebody else decides uh, for the woman, even though the intent is fine and that of, of being protective, 
the consequence is not what we desire so we end up you know maybe losing opportunities but not because men want to dominate but even because men want to be protective and i have noticed this a lot in father and daughter relationships in uh, brother and sister relationships right a lot of times women are not allowed to lift heavy weights around in the house because the father or the brother would come and say no 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 i'll do it you can't do it right <laughs> so a similar thing right. happens at the workplace when you look at how the brain works i think a similar thing happens at the workplace the intent is not to put down a woman the intent is to say that it's too much for you let me do it but this is the reason why we don't have uh, women at the higher levels because uh, when at the like at the basic level we are not that free to do it it becomes our nature and sometimes people do say that females themselves accept it and that's the reason they don't grow but hmm. my thinking is that the reason we accept is that it has been such a long time like okay don't do this okay 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 has become so normal that at one point of time we are like we don't know so this is a thing that needs to change and you told it very beautifully and very practically i would say and with this with this decision making in our heads i would like to ask you is there any formula that you think that can help us to be good decision makers apart from all the uh, behind things that we have had in our lives or apart from all what is happening presently what is there is there any formula i would ask right so a uh, very simple formula in fact there are two things which uh, one needs to keep in mind for decision making uh, what is it now before i go to those two things i'm just taking a step back and letting you uh, look at it in perspective what are those two things so uh, what is it that actually becomes a barrier for us when it comes to decision making is the fear of judgment uh, the fear of failure and the fear of consequence right so when i when i'm when i'm at a crossroad and i want to make a decision i always will wonder what will be the consequence of my decision and if it is a consequence that i'm not ready to face i'm not ready to handle then i i fear that consequence if it's a consequence which i'm which is which is easy for me to walk walk across i'm ready to take that decision right invariably we end up taking decisions looking at what the consequence will be but natural we also look at if i have to try something new if the decision making is to try something new to enter into a space uh, which is totally new for me absolutely alien i've never done it before uh, to experiment on something new uh, to come out with a novel idea something of that sort what stops me or prevents me from taking a quick decision to jump into it is fear of failure what if i fail what will the world think what will other people feel that i didn't succeed right so there is this fear of failure also that plays on our mind before we jump into doing something new at the same time there is also fear of judgment you know whether it is a fear of consequence or fear of failure we always wonder about log kya kahenge right and this is the biggest so, question for women question not only for women i think it is true for anybody uh when it comes to decision making why is it that we are not able to sometimes go ahead why is it there is a mental block why are we stuck over there is precisely this log kya kahenge right 
So instead of looking inward at all these, I mean, instead of looking outward at all these things, at at the society, at what people will say, at at judgmental, uh, you know, judging people, um, at at your failures that are possible, at at the consequences which you may not desire. I think it's always good to look at the positive side of things. What if it succeeds? It's a successful experiment. What if it is a consequence which I can easily manage? What if there is a consequence which will make a big difference to the society around me? What if people judge me but they see me as somebody who is path breaking? Try to look at all those positive things and try and eliminate fear of judgment, fear of failure, and fear of consequence. I think that is the only way to move ahead. You pick up anything from our history books. You pick up anyone who has done anything path breaking and phenomenal. Be it a surgeon, be it a soldier. Uh, be it uh, anyone who has done something which no one has done before. Let me put it very simply: they only conquer these three fears: fear of judgment, fear of failure, and fear of consequence. Let's go ahead and do it. Zada se zada kya hoga? Baat nahi banegi. But baat agar nahi bani, to usme se seek to zarur milni hai. So when you look at it that way, you're actually exercising positive psychology to yourself. And I think that is that is the simplest and the only way to go ahead and do it. No, this is a very simple thing that my brother actually taught me when I was a child. He said, "You're getting into an unknown area, right? How do you eliminate the fear of failure? Is अगर कोई चीज unknown है आपकी पहचान की नहीं है आप नहीं जानते उस रास्ते में क्या आने वाला है अगर उस रास्ते में you fail, nobody will blame you. No, it was an unknown path. मैंने कब कहा कि I'm an expert there? So it doesn't matter if I fail. So when you look at it right. that way, the fear of failure actually goes away." at the same time if it's an unknown path you're taking and you succeed in that experiment imagine the double bonanza you get in success it was an unknown thing i've never done it before but i have succeeded and that gives you tremendous amount of motivation to do more more path breaking things so i think my simplest mantra is this enter into unknown areas explore into the unknown areas by eliminating these three fears because at the most what will happen you will fail and you will fail in what in an area that you did not know so nobody is going to blame you for it so i think that's what it is it's as simple as that by the way wow, this is so wrong i see a good friend Sorry. of mine kavit kumar actually watching us and there are some interesting comments he's putting up so i just wanted to say hi to kavita yes karanjot we can proceed we can continue yes hello sir even i am uh, connected to him and it is always a pleasure to see his comments his insights on uh, whatever talks we have and the way you told about this good decision making this is so strong in fact it is something if we adapt this thing i think it will also boost up our self confidence it will help Absolutely. us to understand that it's okay why not just go absolutely. for it and absolutely i just loved it and with this another important aspect that we have in our lives is about assertiveness so now i would simply directly ask you <laughs> what is your advice for a woman to like to hold on to her assertiveness should she be or how can she be see for anyone for that matter uh, and i i specifically i prefer to be a gender agnostic uh, even though we are speaking in the context of international women's day and 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 maybe the focus is on women but i would still prefer to remain gender agnostic for the simple reason is that 
all these are behaviors right so when a when a woman exhibits a that we attribute it to certain uh, you know societal reasons and societal norms and all of that but in general if you look at assertiveness okay uh, we'll bring it into the women context a little later but in general if you look at assertiveness should one be assertive or no right there's nothing wrong in being assertive as long as your intent is for the larger good right you are being assertive about a positive difference that you want to make and there is a lot of resistance but you're still taking your stand you're being assertive it's very good because your intent is to make a positive difference to the society around you or society in the sense i mean it could be a very small uh, situation it could be the country in general whatever right you can be you and you have to be assertive because your intent is to do something good but just being persistent and not having enough supporting information to convince the other person would move this assertion to being adamant now that may not go well with the other person because if you're adamant on something and you're not getting into a conversation where you're not able to convince the other person about why you're taking that stand then it is no longer assertiveness it starts reflecting as adamancy to the other person now when you're being adamant you're slowly slipping into a child ego state behavior transactional analysis theory right so when you slip into a child ego state behavior the other person who's listening to you automatically gets pushed into behaving like a pain that's what transactional analysis theory says it's it's a behavioral theory so when when the person moves into a parent ego state he or she will start dictating terms will start uh controlling you so on and so forth so your assertiveness which is now being perceived as adamancy does not end in a constructive outcome but at the same time if you remain assertive and by playing yourself in an adult ego state if you're able to back up your assertiveness with a lot of convincing arguments as to why are you saying that what is going to be the change that will happen when you do what you're asking to do how are you going to implement it how are you going to deal with the consequences how are you going to take accountability and ownership of whatever you're doing now when you keep saying that your assertiveness becomes a lot more convincing the recipient then the recipient also behaves in an adult state of mind and lets you do what you want to experiment a lot of now i want to bring it to the women context now i'm talking i'm talking general so uh, people shouldn't get me wrong i'm not saying all women are like that but many a time because of the male female uh, power distance which is part of our culture right a lot of women tend to be less assertive and they prefer to be submissive saying that we'll compromise because we need peace right a lot of us do it i also do it at times i'm not yes. saying that i don't but look at what is it going to cost you as a whole okay maybe as a family maybe as a team in a, in the workplace or whatever if your assertiveness is going to result in a positive outcome i think we need to break our shackles and learn to be assertive if our assertiveness is going to result in more chaos and confusion then it is okay to lie low for a while and watch what's happening and then highlight 
points where things could have been better if you had heard me out without blame game without finger pointing if you are able to be assertive enough leave the person with all your thoughts talk about the consequences and still if if the person is not ready to take what you are saying as a stand let things go and highlight at the appropriate time as to what you could have done differently i think it's all about a lot of give and take it's all about a lot of sharing of ideas and insights towards an outcome which is constructive and meaningful for the society right so the society the team the family whatever but being assertive just for the sake of assertiveness may not help uh, may not help anybody any gender for that matter right absolutely very well said in fact that it is assertiveness has to be within the limits as per the situation and in a very analyzed way so this is something that i have heard after a very very long time which in fact our mothers also tell us the same no i am remembering my mom right now and <laughs> being i have like we did not have any sort of gender inequality like me and my brother all right but there were certain cases where i would be like no mama why not me so this was the teaching that she gave me just wait watch it out if it does not work then you can do it that way so it is better to like i say that we women are blessed we are blessed in a way that we are very strong emotionally and mentally and we can very easily analyze and decide as to what and how to do and that's the way i think this is my takeaway today like that is how you can plan your assertiveness you can plan out your way out in a way that nobody else is hurt right so with this yes. i would come on to the last question and that is i would like to hear from you one habit one habit that you would like every woman to adapt and mm -hmm. that habit so that she can like nurture her self belief she can nurture her relationship with herself because the, everything that we talked about it is not playing on just the outside it is actually first on the inside when we'll be like free over here in sync with everything then only we'll be able to go at so what is your uh, suggestion on this okay this is a very uh, pertinent question especially in the in the space of mental health uh, awareness and and the work that i do in that space a lot of it comes from my own practical experience with life uh, there are situations uh, which even now put me down to an all time low but uh, i come back with a with a lot of resilience and i bounce back and uh, generally uh, people wouldn't even notice that i'm going through an all time low uh, now how does one build that resilience that, that that resilience is extremely important i think uh, there's this one habit which i learned the hard way but uh, i'm more than happy to share that with everybody on how do you develop that habit of building your self esteem lifting yourself up each time uh, you feel uh, completely low uh, facing up to uh, life every day no matter what it throws at you 
the very simple habit is i think uh, it's consciously you have to make an effort to tell yourself that life is a consequence of the choices you make so there is no room for complaint right so if if there is something that is happening with me and i'm not liking it it is depressing me a lot i think it's very important for me to first acknowledge that i am in this situation because of a choice i made okay it's either a choice i made or a chance i took it's either of the two but then i am accountable in a big way for the position that i am in today the moment i keep telling that to myself i think the feeling of self pity it starts diminishing uh, and you know self pity is a very big demon it's 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 a huge way of escaping from the reality where you get into a comfort zone of pitying yourself and over a period of time this demon it it just consumes you completely and when self pity becomes larger than you it completely saps you of your energy and strength to do anything so it's very important for anyone to uh, to be able to come away from self pity and the only way to do that is to look at life in its face and say yes you are a consequence of the choices that i made and the chances that i took uh actually the original is life is a consequence of the choices that you made but then somebody was arguing with me that it was not a choice uh it was by chance i was pushed into it and now it's a consequence and i don't agree with you so i said yeah but the ch- you took that chance right the chance was in front of you you took that chance so in a way it is life is a consequence of the choices that we make and the chances that we take and so there's absolutely no room for complaint now this is easier said than done okay it's not easy uh so anybody can say that ha theek hai aapne to bahut gyan de diya ye baad mein life hamari jaisi hogi to pata chalega so for all those people who believe that this is easier said than done uh, there is a way to practice it uh, i have done it that way i practiced it it i also felt it is ye bolne wale bol sakte hai people who are already very successful can say that and how do we do it and i did it the hard way so i want to share that as well so the best way to do that is to develop a habit of conscious introspection pick out 15 minutes in your day it could be whatever time is convenient but 15 minutes of conscious introspection sit back close your eyes and think about what went well during the day or the previous day what did not go well and what are you going to do to make your life different i think it's very very important for us to consciously be able to differentiate between what went well what did not go well and what is it that i did for these two things to happen the way they happened you know the moment we start consciously looking at what is it that i did it completely separates us from looking at destiny fate and all of that it it actually gives the control in our hands the steering wheel in our hands right if we let things be as it is without looking at it in retrospective then it becomes very easy for us to blame fate when things go wrong harini is back again yes i am <laughs> oh wow that is that is so sweet of her like after even this <laughs> 
this network glitch that we have still you could yeah. make it up and you could come sometimes, back so sometimes thank you so life, much life for throws, life throws lemons <laughs> at you so you have to learn to make nimbu pani out of it <laughs> i think i need a good lemonade ha huh? dr rashmi kavit mar <laughs> You, you anyway i was about to just many, yeah. now i was saying if life throws too much too many lemons at you start making nimbu ka achar if there are even more lemons you start be ready to throw a tequila party <laughs> oh wow <laughs> this is so so sweet of you in fact i was just about to wind it up and i wanted to tell everybody that introspection is actually a power Yes. Even I had my had my time. I took my time to come on to that stage where I found introspection as an important therapy. I would say, which has helped me grow, literally bloom out. So this is something that we all of us need to do. And Absolutely. with this, before your network again gives us some another cliche, I would. jump off to the most important the most happening section and that is the rapid fire round so are you I came ready for that i guess <laughs> yes good <laughs> okay thank you so much so your first question is what is your favorite pastime my favorite pastime is actually observing people and their behavior so uh, i i like to watch uh, behavior and i try to go back and see why they are exhibiting that behavior rather than becoming judgmental so that's that's something that i love doing wow so even in your past then you are like a scientist there huh <laughs> oh yes <laughs> yes so so my next question is when are you most productive like which part of the day morning afternoon afternoon night which part of the day you are the most productive this is a very tough question uh, because i have committed myself uh, for a lot of uh, social causes so i am productive pretty much 24 by 7 but if you genuinely uh, want an answer i think uh, i am most productive very early in the morning 4 am to 6:30 am reason is very simple uh, the rest of the family is usually asleep uh, the doorbell never rings at that time uh, and there is silence outside uh, so that's the time i am most productive but uh, i utilize that time uh, out in the nature actually that is so that is so soothing actually in fact it is said that that part of the day is considered to be a very pious time right yes. and that is yes. something that gives us the power and it energizes us yes so absolutely and absolutely behind everything like so brilliance i would say who is the inspiration behind it who is your inspiration well i have many uh, i can count a bunch of people uh, to whom uh, from whom i draw a lot of inspiration but there are two people who uh, i generally uh, refer to or uh, i kind of mirror them one is my my grandmother my uh, paternal grandmother uh, i grew up under her care and guidance so she's been a guidance spirit guiding spirit to all of us a very elevated human being very rare to find these days uh, she was like a saint so she's definitely an inspiration because she she taught me a couple of things resilience is what i picked up from her because uh, that there was something i saw in person 
another inspiration of mine is a person from uh, history. Uh, he's he's Mahakavi Subramanya Bharati. Uh, Mahakavi uh, was a freedom fighter poet from Tamil Nadu, and a lot of people in our history book do not cover him. He lived only up to the age of 34, if I'm not wrong, but there is so much of powerful philosophy in his poetry, fiery poetry, I would say. Uh, he talks about women empowerment in those days, and uh, he, he practiced women empowerment in his orthodox household. Uh, he practiced, uh, he lived diversity and inclusion. So. I think uh, Mahakavi uh, is somebody, uh, I have his picture right above my desk and that's definitely my source of inspiration. And the second one is the is a living God, which I have seen, which is my grandmother. She she actually lived a reclusive life. She lived like a, like a sannyasin. And uh, yeah, and she's been, uh, she's been my guiding spirit, I think even now. Uh, so yeah, that's, so th there are these two people who I draw inspiration from. They've even helped me tackle the toughest corporate problems. Uh, I don't have to go to go to a mentor for it. I just need to think about them and and the solution just voila opens up. Wow, that's so sweet, no. And with this, the next question is, what do you hate the most? Uh, I hate lethargy. Uh, uh, I hate uh, not taking ownership of of whatever you're doing. Uh, and to a great extent, I hate uh, double standards. That is saying something, uh, doing something else, have your thoughts, words, and actions not being in synchronization is something I absolutely hate. Absolutely hate lethargy. I cannot stand anybody who uh, who does not invest his or her time into doing something meaningful. May not be productive, but something meaningful, definitely. So, yeah, lethargy. Uh, I not think taking I guess it's right. I had this notion that you would be replying something related to that because the way you have been, it is like this is something much obvious. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not the least question. Describe yourself as a woman in three words. Ah, okay. Uh, sensitive problem solver so that's how i would describe myself i'm wow. i'm sensitive to uh what's what's happening around me i'm sensitive to myself i am sensitive to the consequence that that will get caused by whatever i'm doing and i don't play victim so problem solving is something that i do so if you can take problem solver as two words then it is i'm a sensitive problem solver so i don't solve problems without by being insensitive so but that's what I am. Sensitive problem solver. Oh, okay. You're saying problem solver is is one word. Okay, then a sensitive problem solver uh, yeah. with accountability. Right. So I I own up okay. my decisions. Uh, absolutely accountable for what I do and even for what I don't do. Okay. Well, that was so sweet and and something I very good about i'm literally feeling like it is it was such a beautiful session such a beautiful time spent with you through your loving smile and such such beautiful insights about the topics that i would say very practical experiences that you have shared and i literally loved each part of that 
thank you so much for being here with us thank you so much for sharing your stories your learnings and your experiences so that other women we can also see inspiration in you and learn whatever things are needed for us so thank, thank you, you so, so much, much for being here with it us and celebrating yeah likewise the pleasure was absolutely mine karajot and uh, anything that like i said if it is for a if the cause is a meaningful one uh, i'm happy to be part of it if it is making a positive difference to anybody who is watching this or will be watching the recording later uh, more than happy to uh, help for anything in, in way forward so yeah together let's make this world a beautiful place it is meant to be a beautiful place so let's do that indeed thank indeed thank you so much and thank you so much to our viewers for joining us we'll see you again in another live session somewhere till then take care of yourself and don't forget to celebrate yourself and just live your life in a meaningful way bye bye